This is episode 126 for Tuesday, March 6th, 2018, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we will be discussing style 31A alternative grain beer. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Powers, and together with Chris, Travis, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer, one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Welcome back to our studio in Arlington, Texas, everybody. I know it's been a little bit of time since you guys have heard from us. Uh, we had a, you know, we had a lot going on. I know that uh, you know most of most of our team was down in San Antonio for TMEA a couple weeks ago, and then last week we were just way too hungover from Sawyer's bachelor party to even be uh, to even be coherent through an episode of this podcast so we uh and i was near death yeah yes chris was also near death so we took (laughs) we took a couple of weeks we recovered and now we're back for an episode on gluten-free beer so i think back uh, with a vengeance yeah with a vengeance free (laughs) Uh, of course that's the voice of chris chris what have you done in beer lately uh i brewed sawyer's wedding beer awesome that sounded like an adventure too yeah like how long was your mash again? Uh, about seven or eight hours. Okay. <laughs> long story short, you know, we got a whole bunch of rain, like four straight days of rain. Mm-hmm. So I went out to my property to, to check on it, and it was all like swamp area, essentially. Right. And so I was in my 4 by 4 truck, so I'm like, okay, I, I should be okay with a little bit of mud. Right. No. Nope. <laughs> so I got it stuck. Got my truck stuck. And uh, so... <laughs> I was out there for about six hours or so because I, I started my mash. I'm like, I'll drive out the property, check on it, come back, and then I'll start brewing. Mm-hmm. So I started my mash before I left and got the truck stuck. So I was out there for about six hours digging and putting two by fours in there and trying this to This is a good out. story here. Yeah. Couldn't get the truck out, so I had to sit around and wait for somebody to come pick me up. Mm. And so by the time I got home, uh, I started my mash at like noon. By the time I got home, it was like, Eight, eight o'clock or nine o'clock, something like that, and that's when I started my brew day. All right, and I had school the next day, so that was interesting. Um, my truck is still there. Oh, <laughs> I haven't been able to get back out there to uh, yeah to try and drive it out. Of course, you know, waiting on mud and stuff to dry, so I can drive it out. But I'm not going to ask somebody else to come out there and try and pull me out because then they're going to get stuck too. So I'm just waiting for it to dry. Yeah. Makes but anyway, sense. that's it. That's all I've done. Nice. Yep. Cool. What did you what what did you brew for the for the wedding too? What it's was it? a Nerf Herder Hef. Okay, it's a Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. 
Cool. Is it going to be something like where your truck is is submerged halfway below ground level, and it's once what's hardens, it's like a permanent fixture down there? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> drive did, by on the highway and see like the it did graveyard. By the you know <laughs> by the time I was done trying to get it out, it had sunk all the way down to the axles. Ooh. So I might have to do some more digging to get it out once it's dry. But I dug around the wheels pretty substantially when I was trying to get it out. So I should be able to just drive it out if it's dry. Okay. We'll see. Cool. Also, just featuring the voice of Travis. Travis, what have you been up to lately? I went to a few pretty cool craft beer bars this past week. On a Friday, I went over to Wild Acre Brewery, mm-hmm. which uh, I haven't been there in basically a year. This time last year, I checked in. And uh, since I've been there last, they've done a lot of renovations. It's really nice. Uh, they got a lot more TVs, so it's definitely more of like a, a man cave kind of uh, uh, vibe going on in there. And... Uh, Got a lot more just kind of standalone island bars that you can, I mean, not where they serve, but you can just set your stuff on. So it's definitely definitely uh, done a lot. And then in the back, they had like a really big patio area, and now it's even nicer, lots of covered uh, seating and uh, places for food trucks to come up. So uh, they've done a lot of work in the past year for sure, uh, which I've always thought that they've had a pretty big bankroll to start with because they opened up huge shop. And they have just all this crazy equipment from the beginning, so whoever their uh, whoever their investors are are really feeding them cash, capital uh, overflow, overlay. So that's a uh, that's cool. Good for them. I I like their beer. Yeah. There's a uh, you know there's a few things I don't like, but on the whole, there's definitely things that I can go to the bar and ask for, and I'll be happy with. Uh, they had a lot of new things that I hadn't tried before. Uh, I didn't get a chance to try them, but they did like a, an Imperial Stout. There's a barrel-aged something. They had a double IPA um, and a, a Doppelbach. So they're starting to branch out besides their regular offerings, okay. which is pretty cool. It's good. And then uh, on Saturday night of last week was, sorry, it was a bachelor party, which I'm sure he's going to talk about in a moment. But one place we went to there was called On Tap. Really cool beer bar. I'd like for us to do the podcast there from some point uh, in the future. But uh, they had basically 40 beers on tap, and all of them were you know, a pretty decent selection to choose from. So I uh, got to enjoy some new beers that I haven't seen or heard of before, and that's always a good time. Nice. Sounds like a great time. Speaking of the bachelor party, Sawyer, hey. have you been? <laughs> uh, well, I've had my ups and downs yeah? since uh, last weekend, I guess. Right. Had the bachelor party. Don't remember much. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's the consensus right there of the I whole party. I didn't expect you to remember much from that bachelor party. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some pictures, saw a video, and fill us in on what you yeah, did. I, I was not in attendance, so I had to, you know, live via the pictures and videos. And uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I was I was entertained. So, <laughs> it, yeah, I I do remember saying that we needed to send a Snapchat, and then I ended up sending it to sample even though I don't have Snapchat. <laughs> so, yeah. I ended up just taking a video. Did, um, did we ever finish that round of Jack? We have Twitter. I fun? tried really hard. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. If I had chugged that, I would have puked right No, you there. would have been done. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I completely understand. Yeah. I, I mean, did see, I did I, see uh, Justin sneak it out of the bar, though. So, I feel like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sipped my way through about three or four shots. Um, Comrandera. Yeah. <laughs> and drank a... a. I guess it was a Bud Light. 
and then I was I was done. Yeah. <laughs> so now we went to uh, dinner at Top Golf, played some golf, had some drinks. That was fun. Um, and then we went to On Tap in Arlington, uh, which I started with a mead. <laughs> yeah, you always did. a good decision. For yes. you. <laughs> yeah, it was a twelve and a half percent mead. Um, so much for pacing yourself. <laughs> well, you know, go big or go home, right? Right. So I uh, had that, and then I don't remember what I had after that. Um, at one point, we were just passing beers around the table and trying everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then we ended up at the Sunshine Bar, which I've never been to. Been to oh, Caves, man. but never been to Sunshine. Sunshine is great. Sunshine is interesting. I, it's yes. an interesting just place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some dude came up behind me, didn't even know the guy. And th- at this point, I'm, I'm gone. And he takes his headphones, which are huge, off of his head and puts them on mine. And he's like, dude, you got to check this stuff out, man. (laughs) What kind of music was it? I kind of remember it sounding like the Beatles, but it wasn't the Beatles. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was really strange the stuff. Snails. And so then I took my I took the headphones off my head and put them on Parker, <laughs> and we just kind of passed the headphones around a little bit. It was funny. The uh, that that guy ended up getting shoved to the ground later in the night. Actually, Justin told me that he got punched. Oh, I didn't see, I didn't see. I just saw him. I, I just heard a loud loud crash, and then yeah. suddenly guys on the ground. <laughs> Justin Justin told me the other night that that guy got punched in the freaking face. Oh, I thought he like fell or passed out. No, damn. No, yeah, like he was dead. pissing someone off. And Not, nothing good happened. Put his headphones on the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Is this the Beatles? I hate the Beatles! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, nothing good happens at last call. I, yeah. That's what Justin was saying. So. Yeah. And so, but as far as beer, um, I guess since I've last been on the podcast, I brewed a second batch of the Imperial Blonde. So... Right. And it's still going on the original yeast pack. Did you hit your numbers better on that one? Uh, I think without so. having to use like six pounds of sugar. No, it turned out to be about the same, and I still used about five pounds of sugar. <laughs> nice. So good. She hit eleven hundred. No. Oh man, mm. it got to about ten ninety again. So how the hell did you do that the first time? Then I don't know. I have no idea. I'm at a loss. Yeah. <laughs> Extra boil off, maybe. Maybe I should go back and brew in that apartment again. <laughs> or just, you know, do the extract kit and do a one twenty minute boil. Add your sugar in super early and then just let it boil down. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Hmm. So. Good stuff. Oh, but I will say one thing that was different is instead of giving me uh, uh, liquid extract, they gave me dry malt extract this time. I think the first one you did was DME. No. Are you I, sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Mm. It's always been liquid malt. Hmm. So that that was one thing that kind of caught me off guard when I opened up the kit. I was like, whoa, there's a whole bunch of pa- bags of white powder. <laughs> <laughs> Young beer. So, oh, gosh. <coughs> well, uh, we're also joined today by our recurring special guest, Sir Yo, Car. yo, yo. <laughs> yo <laughs> What's up, Sir What's going on, everybody? Oh, doing all right. It's, uh, what's been your life been the... Uh, English. English is hard. English is what's hard. What's your life been the past couple months? You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, just working predominantly. Uh, just working a whole lot. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, okay. Drove in on uh, Thursday. 
Uh, that was a long drive. And then I'll drive it was like out 15 on, hours? Yeah, it was, uh, well, so. See what happened took me, was. Yeah, what happened was I, instead of stopping for gas, when I told myself, hey, you should probably stop there and get gas before you continue. I did not stop and get gas before I continued. Hmm. Um, which is a big no-no. So if you're ever if you're ever on a car ride, you know, and you're going up north or something like that, always top off at every gas station you see. Twenty goes through there, right? Regardless <laughs> if you need it or not, just go ahead and top off because there will be spurts, uh, especially in like the north, um, where you know you won't see a gas station for 50, 60 miles or so. Even mm-hmm. passing through some of the smaller cities, so uh, Pflugerville. Yeah, so <laughs> the smaller towns. So I was uh, I was trekking along there, and I'm actually in a uh, high performance car right now, so it's only premium. And once you hit most of the Northwest, they don't have premium gas either. So what? <laughs> yeah, just go, just go into the store and buy an Octane Boost. Yeah, yeah, you can do that as well um, if you can find a store that sells Octane Boost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, they're they're really big about their E eighty five up north. Like pretty much, if you make it past like Kansas, uh, everywhere else pretty much sells like E eighty five. Yeah. Um. So it got a little scary there for a little bit. I was running on fumes for about ten, fifteen miles or so, and finally found a gas station to get some regular like uh, eighty seven. And then that was able to carry me till I can find an actual legit gas station to get the the ninety one, which is what I should have been in. Did you go to the QT? It was not a QT. It was no. actually a Loves. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I had to make a trip to the dollar store to <laughs> yeah. get it done. <laughs> yeah, so got to Loves and then uh, you know topped off or actually filled up again, and it was good. But uh, because of that error, you know, it it tacked on probably another hour hour and a half to the trip and then just with you know stopping every uh you know whenever you need to fill up for gas or or top off or something like that it it, it extended the trip to be about a 16 16 and a half hour drive but uh it it is really isn't that bad once you hit like salina kansas it really isn't that bad but uh everything either before or after salina depending on which way you're going nebraska sucks to drive through so um, so is South, Southern South Dakota, but, mm. uh, yeah. So keep that in mind. If you're ever on a car ride and you're going through like country fight areas, the city of Richardson. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure you, make sure you top off the whole story. All right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think we were talking about you on brews in the news a couple of weeks ago. Like, uh, you opened up a brewery, Sircar City or something. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. It was, um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was one of those spur of the moment things where, yeah, I was just like, you know, just what? out in Tampa, Florida, right? Yeah. Word. Yeah. Got some extra money laying around. <laughs> nope. Uh, conned some investors. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. It was like, just got, got, uh, it's almost like a GoFundMe, and people were like, Yeah, we love Sircar, so oh, might yeah. as well open up a brewery. And <laughs> I was like, You know what? I just found some people and was like, Yo, this is what I want you to do. And they just kind of started, uh, building it out. Well, let me tell you, like, you know, I, you know, part of my, you know, week in beer has been trying out one of those, uh, beers from that brewery, the, uh, I guess I'll just say it, Cigar City, who recently started distributing out here, um, had their Jaya Lai, mm. their IPA, which is pretty good. Not not super bitter. It's, you know, got a lot of that citrusy floral hoppiness. Um, 
It's really good. I liked it. I was excited to try them after we talked about them on the Brews in the News. So, yeah. you know, that's uh, that, 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 that was good that they're starting to mm-hmm. uh, distribute out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that beer's aged on cedar. Is it? I, I feel like that's their, like, special thing with that guy. Huh. So it has kind of a... Because cedar's more of, like, a spicy wood rather yeah. than, like, a, spicy. a smoky wood. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't had them, but... Uh if I remember right, we went to the opening of what's that brewery that just opened a couple of years ago in um Oh yeah, they're like done. Wiley. Oh, they're done already? They're done. Yeah, they closed shop. Oh man. Woof. It was a backcountry. Backcountry, yeah. Oh they how long have they been mm. closed? Mm. Uh, a few months at least. Yeah, it was probably like late last year, October, November. Uh well, that's unfortunate. But yeah. yeah. So they were open for less than a year, basically. Yeah. yeah. That uh, yeah. But the Jialai was really good. I <laughs> am excited to try more of their beer now that they're distributing out here in Texas. Yeah. Uh, good should company. Be, should be uh, should be good to try some of those other things. Another couple beers I tried. Just uh, you know, for my birthday, my mom, uh, she asked. Anna, what kind of beer I've been drinking lately? And she's like, I don't know, like sours and gozas and whatever. And so my mom decided, right? <laughs> it's good stuff. But my mom decided, okay, I'm going to build him two six packs with just sours and gozas. Oh, and like, oh. oh boy. <laughs> so I see all that. Um, a couple of IPAs in there. But that, that one took me about a week and a half to get through just because, you know, it's not a lot of super poundable type of stuff but um you know one of the ones that i had was actually a brett beer the victory sour monkey Uh, it's a triple that you know does pretty well even with the bread i actually like that one i didn't think i'd like it because i saw brett no macy's on the label um but that one was actually pretty good uh, a few others. The one that I didn't like was from Epic. They have like a sour IPA that just Not is surprised. way too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, when we did an episode that had a bunch of Epic beers on it, we were like, oh, it's not very good. And yeah. then when I was up in Colorado and Sir Carr and I met there, we went to the brewery. It was, it was not just It was bad. not Epic. No. It That's, was actually pretty. I, we had, basically what we did is we went to like, you know, seven breweries one day, eight breweries the next, and we both got flights and we just kind of traded around. We got two flights at Epic, didn't have a single beer there that we liked. Ooh. So then we went next to a place I knew was going to be good. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, we went to Great Divide next and that was fantastic. I was like, we can't end on, on Epic. I don't think we ended on Great Divide either. I think we went no, to another no. one after that. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, you went to Oscar was, Blues, and yeah. you're like, you know, man, the beers at Epic were more expensive or something like that. And the guy yeah. was like, well, that's because they're from Epic. No, that, <laughs> was, like that was a Great Divide. Okay. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, he was like, because, you know, we kind of explained the stories. Hey, we're from Texas, and we're up here just hitting a bunch of breweries. It's like, oh, where'd you just come from? We're like, Epic. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, the other cool thing about that was whenever we stopped at all the breweries and we kind of told them what we were doing and hanging out and stuff like that, and every time we said Epic, they were always like... <laughs> yeah, because the beers were, you know, half again more expensive than everywhere else, and they were not very good, so yeah. I just, I bypass anything that says Epic on it. Yeah. I don't know what it is about them. Like, I don't know if they filtration system, they still feel murky, it's it just, tastes dirty, good. which Colorado water is actually pretty good. From that, but. I can only imagine. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, well, well, I think at this point it's appropriate to say thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, if you have not done so yet, hit that subscribe button. I believe subscribe. that we have at least a few new listeners slash followers from our Strange Union podcast. I believe that we were shouted out by 
uh, one of the wives from yeah. Uh, of that Nick episode was fun. That was a really fun episode. I had, I had a good time with that one. I like that one. So check it out if you haven't listened yeah. to it. Exactly. And, and uh, start looking for their uh, beers to come out, and when they're when the brewery's going to open, and we can definitely. Uh, I like to go out there and visit them once the brewery's open. Oh yeah, for sure. Do a, a live broadcast there Follow or something up episode, and, yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. that'd be great so if you're one of those new listeners that we brought in from that episode uh we definitely appreciate you tuning in hit the subscribe button we're also on facebook twitter uh not really on instagram but one of these days maybe we'll get that login info um have we gotten any emails <laughs> no we have not uh well send us emails if you're interested in unless you're looking for some enlargement then um well you know, we, we did get some of those emails. Sometimes you just need a little bit of help in that department. Bruce Styles brought to you by Viagra. <laughs> it's great that it was my fiance that said that. Too. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you're interested in uh, collaborating with us, we would really appreciate that. What do you want to do for? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, Russian spam bot emails. Mm. Gotta be it great. was huge. Right? <laughs> Well, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose now is a good time to segue into what are we talking about this week? I don't know. <laughs> well, we're talking about gluten-free beer. Oh, God. Just because we're glutens for punishment. Oh, um, no. <laughs> you guys suck. Well, I was interested to know exactly what the issue is with gluten, because I know it had something to do with celiac disease, right. but I didn't know exactly what it was and how it and did all of that, so... I think, first off, we should talk about exactly what gluten is. There are several theories out there, according to South Park. (laughs) Yeah, we won't get into that, uh, because we did not check the explicit box. But anyway, so uh, basically, gluten helps foods maintain their shape. It kind of acts as a glue that holds all the food together. Uh, It's found in in wheat, rye, tin, yeah, Uh, barley, uh, treacle, a cross between wheat and rye. which it's kind of funny because all the things that you use, not all the things, but the main ingredients in beer will have gluten in them. Wheat, barley, you know, any kind of uh, rye or other grains, oats, all have gluten in them. All Those are all things that, you know, we make beer out of. Um, but anyway, so basically, I guess what happens is it's some kind of uh, autoimmune reaction whenever the gluten's in the body. It's like... Um, your your body tries to attack itself because the gluten is in there, but I I don't know. Like I said, mm-hmm. I that's I don't read medical, but that's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah, it's just like any allergy. If if you're allergic to something like peanuts, then your body recognizes that or doesn't recognize it as something helpful, and it sees it as a foreign body, then it starts to attack it. Yeah, and so that's why you know if if you're allergic to peanuts and you eat peanuts, then you start to swell up. Because your body's trying to fight off this uh, attacker or right. foreign invader into your body. Pew, pew. So same thing with gluten. Like I've known, uh, I knew I knew a lady. I played kickball with her on my kickball team several years ago, and, and she was she was a, a gluten intolerant. I think is what she called okay. herself. Yeah. And so like she would drink beer or eat bread, and she would just get like bubble gut, and it was mm. just very unpleasant. You know, nothing life threatening, but it was it was enough to make her steer away from drinking beer. Right. Hmm. And the people that are like, "Oh, I'm on a diet. I can't eat gluten." That that's not how that works. Right. Like, I I did do some research on that, and there's nothing in gluten that is harmful or negative to the normal human being. It's only an issue if you are gluten sensitive or have celiacs. 
So all these people are like, oh, I'm eating gluten-free. I was like, well, good for you. That's not helping you at all. Like <laughs> literally zero that's helping you. You know, maybe eating less carbs, like you're going right. to get a bunch of uh, gluten and bread and like all the other stuff that we listed. Yeah, that could help you lose weight, but it's not the gluten that's doing it. Yeah. All right. So we've got, but here we've got beers that are crafted to... Uh, be gluten free then, don't we? And there's yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the other thing that uh, I was curious about too. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of what I came across is, yeah, they do brew beers made out of other things, but if they do use the barley and the rye or the wheat or whatever, then it's kind of like non-alcoholic beer, mm-hmm. where there's still some alcohol in there, right? But according to you know certain foundations that make these rules, you can still call it non-alcoholic if it has less than point. Five percent alcohol or whatever it was. So this is kind of the same way. You can still have beers that are made out of wheat and barley and rye, but it has to be. Um, I think it's less than twenty parts per million. Okay, wow. of those of those ingredients. Hmm. Yeah. So if you want to do one of those, uh, some people started experimenting a few years ago with uh, an enzyme called Brewer's Clarex, and that's an additive that's used to prevent chill haze. But they also noticed that it would break down gluten uh, as well. And so you could brew a regular beer, um, which, which this was like the big uh, the big turnoff to gluten-free beer at the beginning. Um, I remember the very first gluten-free beer I had out of sorghum was called Blue Marble, and we had that in the Tucker house, and it was just awful. <laughs> Hated it. I'll have to look up my rating for that one. Um, but yeah, you can, do, you can make gluten-free beers out of things like, uh, and we have a few examples of this, Sorghum, millet, rice, buckwheat, corn, maize, so things like that that don't have gluten. But uh, you can add this other chemical, uh, Brewer's Clerics, and that kind of gives you some more, uh, just more, uh, a broad horizon. You know, some more, uh, your your canvas is widened. So you can still make an IPA and cut down on the gluten to make it, in theory, uh, palatable to someone who's gluten Mm. Intolerant. Okay. I had buckwheat for the first time last week. Fun fact. I've never had, as far as I know, buckwheat. It's mm. like uh, kind of like oatmeal. It's I did like him on Little Rascals, though. Yeah, he was awesome. On Little Rascals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do we have the uh, style guidelines for this, or is it basically? Well, and, and that's the other thing too. Is it's it's not. Style. It's yeah. not exactly. You know, this is the gluten-free uh, style. It's. Alternate grain fermentables. That's not the right app. So yeah. basically, this is just going to be one of those that's all variable by base style. Yeah, we have style, a style 31A alternative grain beer. Mm-hmm. And all gluten-free beers can be entered in this category. However, not every beer entered in this category is necessarily gluten-free. For example, uh, it says that it's a standard beer, classic style or not, with additional or non-standard brewing grains, such as rye, oats, buckwheat, spelt, millet, uh, sorghum, rice, uh, added or used exclusively. So you could have a, for example, an oatmeal stout where you add rye in a sizable percentage. And in that case, it would no longer be appropriate to enter that as an oatmeal stout because the rye notes would not be acceptable. So you'd have to enter that beer as an alternative grain beer, which that's has lot, lot of, lots of gluten, obviously. So that's not gluten-free. Um, but there's other things like a rye IPA that has its own separate category, a uh, Roggen beer 
the traditional German style has its own separate category. But if you're playing around with things, you know, you're making a, a blonde ale with oat, well, then it would go in this one because you have that extra stuff that makes it not fit in the standard category. Okay. So you get those, but also you got the other side of things, gluten-free beers made from either completely gluten-free ingredients may be entered here, while gluten-free beers using process-based gluten removal should be entered in their respective base style categories. So we have a few examples today of ones that are uh, would fit in this category, alternative grain beer. A few that I feel like have undergone the gluten removal process. Yes. And so, yeah, we'll just have to tackle those when we come upon them. Mm-hmm. So you would enter those in their respective base style category. But everything in this is is basically variable by base style. Okay. Well. Yeah. Just with the uh, the additional grain would be noticeable in flavor with a, a harmonious marriage. So the, the, the gluten removal uh, process, does that actually alter like the taste in any way? Or the chemicals that you all use, does that alter the taste? <laughs> Yeah, because you got this stuff. Uh-huh. That, uh, oh no! Called Brewers uh, <laughs> Clerics, and I, I would assume that is unflavored, but I also don't know because you're changing the the chemical makeup of the beer, and so if you're changing something on the base molecular level, it's probably going to taste change the flavor some way. Yeah, just think about the flavor differences in the non-alcoholic beer, which was noticeable. Yeah, it's extremely sure. noticeable. So, uh, you know. There's gonna, I'm sure there's going to be some difference, especially if they're using something like sorghum to brew with. It's not going to taste exactly like a normal barley malted grain beer. Yeah. Right. But if you have something where it's a, a gluten-free IPA, which I think we have an example of that, which would be something where you brew the regular beer and then add this chemical to cut down on the gluten. I wonder how much that's going to change compared to other ones. Well, so. I'm interested to find out. Yeah. And as much as I'm as I'm dreading... Uh, the potential for what gluten-free beer holds for us. I'm seeing some empty glasses. I think it's time for us to get started. I believe so. All right, so what's first? Gluten-free. Well, I'm glad you asked. No. Well, he did. Uh, This next one. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, Uh, so this next one. Is the Omission Brewing Company Lager, which it says on the bottle, crafted to remove gluten. All right, so this will be one of those that went through the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it says that it's bright and crisp. And this is... Uh, Read the sideways words. Government disclaimer. Not that one. The other one. Government warning. No, not that one. Oh. Go back to oh, the disclaimer. <laughs> what sideways words? The one where it says that it what's it, what it's brewed with, that's the government disclaimer. Okay. Yeah, not the warning, the disclaimer. Yeah, beer fermented from barley, a grain containing gluten, and crafted to remove gluten. The gluten content of this beer cannot be verified, and this beer may contain gluten. That's okay. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So this one is brewed with barley, but has been treated to remove gluten to a certain level yeah it says every brew is tested for gluten see your bottle results at www.omissiontests.com interesting it rings in at a 4.6 percent abv i'm gonna go to that website i'm curious hmm check out our website yeah because reading up on it 
there are some people that are more sensitive to gluten than others. So you can still have it, you know, where it meets the gluten-free quotation guidelines of less than 20 parts per million. And some people are still, you know, sickened by that and other people are not. Well, so you really just got to know yourself. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at this thing. Know uh, it's, it's a logger, so you'd expect it to be pretty clear, uh, which it kind of is, but it's a little hazy. Yeah, slight haziness, a uh, nice uh, light gold color, kind yeah. of yeah. straw-colored, mm-hmm. I guess. Yep. Um, Still foamy head, so, I mean, it looks like a regular beer. Yep. Looks like urine. <laughs> um, it kind of smells like Pilsner or Cal. I, I, I was about to well, okay, yeah, something like that, yeah. I've had a lot of that lately. That's why I say that. This freaking smunked as nope. hell. I was about to say, it smells like Budweiser. Oh, okay. I could see that. Yeah. 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 Wait, Budweiser or Bud Light? Budweiser. Okay. Yeah. Well, well maybe a little. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a very grainy aroma. Like my first smell, I thought I smelled skunk, but that went away. Yeah. Yeah, I could... I could get where you might get that on the first yeah. whiff, yeah. But I can't back it up. Mm-hmm. It's pretty smooth. Um, I do get a grainy flavor. Kind of smells like Dosakis to me. Dosakis, mm. see, like but Dos with Dosakis, Corona. With Dosakis, there's a little like when you when you take a good whiff of it, there's like a little sting on the nostrils. You know, it's I don't get that. It's kind of a, a soft aroma to me. I can <laughs> smell, yeah, I can smell things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was she feeling pretty good at that point? Probably. <laughs> okay. She's she, she's kind of a a lightweight. <laughs> oh, she's got my tolerance. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the taste, I get malt. Very much so. Yeah. Malt and not a lot, not a lot else. Yeah, there's not any really hop flavor that comes through. Maybe a touch of bitterness, but it's just very very grainy. Mm-hmm. Not unlike any other loggers. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah, you know, straightforward. Not, not a lot of complexity here. I don't have a lot to talk about. Is it kind of bland to you? A little. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. There is a little bit of a malty sweetness to it, but I mean, other than that, there's not much going on. I'm getting some like lemon notes. Aggressively what? bland. <laughs> lemon. Are yep. you are you supposed to add some type of Limo fruit to it? Maybe fish. you can, because I'm sure like if you had like a lime to it, it'd probably be pretty good. It would, oh yeah, it would enhance the flavor. But well, was it designed for that? I don't know. If you think fruit, whenever you taste it, you could get that character. It's light, but I mean, really and truly, yeah, it's just very simple, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. If uh, the process of removing the gluten has changed it in any way, then it's not very apparent. Just reminds me a lot of those just macro ABC yeah. beers. It's it's that, hard it's it, it's hard to have a strong opinion on this. That's probably exactly what they're going for. Yeah. If they're like, you know, all the people that are gluten intolerant or you know have celiacs or, or whatever and want to drink beer still, then aim for something like this, which is you know, probably more palatable to them. Yeah. And it's very similar to a light American lager. 
So I'm trying to look up this bottle, but I don't see a date or a batch number anywhere clearly on the bottle. Lies. Oh. We said the same thing, kind of. But um, looking at the website, if I just look at their recent batch of this. Young beer. Which the cap date was January 25th, 2018, batch number three. Um, it says gluten peptide less than 10 parts per million. Okay. And then reading on Wikipedia, it said that to be classified as gluten-free in the United States, it had to be less than 20. Mm-hmm. So this is you know, half of that number. But apparently they do test it on a regular basis. So kind of reminds me of a Kolsch. Um, it's pretty like crisp yeah. and clean and pretty refreshing to me, honestly. Yeah, I I could see that too. Yeah, for sure. There's kind of a weird off taste. They can't really like put my finger on. I'd love to be chilling like on some farmland and just have one of these in my hand. I mean, yeah. Watch, watch, watch. I'll put my finger on it. Oh, so that's what it is. Thank you for that. Yeah, I don't it's just kind of yeah. I think it's exactly what they were going for. Yeah, that's just yeah. That's true. But if drinking beer gives you bubble gut, then aim for this one and I yeah, I could drink this all day. So much patentability. 10 yeah, it's got that. Five palindability rating. Got <laughs> <laughs> that weird off flavor, so I'm gonna have to give it like a eight and a half. You know, my thing about that though is that like once you once you start feeling pretty good after drinking a couple of these, that kind of goes away. I'm sure. What's the ABV on it? Four point six. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You'd have to drink a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. When you first taste it, you get just like the the Euro Pilsner kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say sour grain because I've gotten that before in describing Euro Pilsners, but it's along those lines, like the very first taste, and then it smooths out. Mm-hmm. Man, I'd, I'd go with an eight. It's it's easy. It's simple. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a nine here. It's just easy. Little like I, I can understand that off flavor comment, uh, but it's definitely just nothing, nothing that makes it prohibitive in pounding. You know, I go ten. Um, yeah. It's All not right. over. It's not over carbonated, so you don't feel the bite of the carbonation as you're trying to actually throw it back. Um, there may be some off flavors, but I, I think if you're trying to chug it, you're not really going to pick up on those off flavors anyway. True. Um, I mean, it is light, crisp, uh, fairly refreshing to me personally. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it'd be very easy just to chug it so too. i like this a lot more than i thought i would yeah you know the, the the more i drink it though the more i'm starting to think heineken i could see that yeah yeah i think i think that's my compa- that's my final comparison even here, with the just, skunk note <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i bet they probably use some like either rice or corn in it just to cut it make yeah. it easier yeah because then you use less chemicals to change the amino process yeah hmm. now do you think they would enter this as I don't think they would enter it as as 31A. Probably not because it's crafted to remove gluten. Yeah, and they don't claim any anything else on the label, so it would be hard to tell. Yeah, who owns Omission? The Widmer Brothers. Ah, okay. I would see this doing well in the uh, category two A 
the European light lager yeah. category. I can agree with that. Because like, like I said, the first thing I got when I drank this was Pilsner or Urkel. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we've all said it was like a European Pilsner yeah. and not so much like a Coors Light Bud Light. See, with that off flavor, though, I couldn't go any higher than like 36 or 38. Okay. That's still not terrible, though. No, but it's not going to win anything. No. I'm just saying. I'm trying to be positive. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no. You jerk. <laughs> We're supposed to trash all these beers. Oh. <laughs> okay. Why is the bottle got to be... Where's my beer? <laughs> <laughs> Those are those are awesome. Next. What would you put it at, Travis? Um, you know, I I don't think it's it's that bad. I'd, I'd probably say it's about a forty in that category. We'd still be within five, sure. So cool. All right, yeah. What's your car said? Next, we're gonna move to a beer called Red Bridge, Red Rum. And you look on the side, and it says it's. It has redbridgebeer.com, so you think, oh, man, this is a cool brewery. It's got a picture of a red bridge on the label. And then you look further, and it says, uh, brewed by Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, Oh, boy. So we're basically getting Anheuser-Busch's take on gluten-free. Yes. This one's been around for a long time. Gluten-free bush. Because I remember seeing this when we first started drinking beer way back in the day. Okay. Uh, but this is a gluten-free beer. This is also an example of a sorghum beer. Sorghum. So this one has been brewed from the start to be gluten-free. Um, ingredients, water, fermented sorghum, which is sorghum and kern, kern syrup, hops, what? and yeast. I'm supposed to say corn syrup. Uh, corn syrup. What is sorghum? Hey, great question. Glad you asked. Sorghum is a genus of flowering plants in the grass family Posea. And these, uh, there's 17 of 25 species are native to Australia, and the other ones are native to Africa, Asia, Mesoamerica, and certain islands in the Indian Pacific Ocean. So it's a pretty wide plant. And there's two, two main parts. One species is grown for grain, and that's the one that we are using uh, because it's used for food, animal fodder, and the production of alcoholic beverages, as well as biofuels. That's pretty cool. Okay. But uh, this is very similar to raw oats. And just like raw oats, this also does not have, or it contains no gluten. So it's very useful in gluten free diets. Okay. Uh, Let's drink. Yeah. Sorghum is efficient in converting solar energy to chemical energy and also uses less water compared to other grain crops. That's cool. Well, it's like ridiculously clear. Yeah, it's clear as balls. Yeah. Um, Four okay. percent. It's it's bush level clear. It's getting yep. more to the copper e color. Yeah, this one's darker than the other one. Yeah, but kind of like an amber, amber to copper. Kind of reminds me of looking at whiskey. I could see that. Yeah. Does our whiskey aficionado care to chime in on that one? I agree. Okay. Welcome to whiskey styles. <laughs> the aroma is interesting. Yeah, it's. Hmm. It's kind of fruity. Yeah, since it's based on sorghum, it should be different than just a regular barley base. But how? That's what we need to decide. Yeah, it does have a fruity note to it. Yeah, it's almost perfumey in mm-hmm. the aroma. Yeah. yeah. No, I disagree. Grandma's bathroom. 
It because like perfuming to me would be like the feisty blonde. That's like way over the top perfumey. This is like a subtle. Actually, you know what it tastes or smells like? Cleaner and burnt hair. Feed. Well, I don't know. So, if, just out of curiosity, if you're smelling it, why would mm. you taste it to encourage your smell? Versus Olfactory. Just a smell. Olfactory. All your senses are connected. Um, How does that it, go again? <laughs> it smells and tastes like um, sassafras tea. I've never had any. So there's a, a sassafras tree that you get the you cut the roots out and you make a tea out of it, and it's supposed to help with like um, repelling bugs and stuff. Like I grew up drinking sassafras tea in the spring just to keep the bugs away, but that's that's what it reminds me of. That's a very specific earthy, like tangy, slightly bitter flavor. That um, if you've never had it, obviously you can't really sure. But that's that's what it reminds me of. This is a major departure from the last one, which was very grain, grain heavy, straightforward malt. I mean, which we've tasted malt a bajillion times. Yeah, this one obviously doesn't have that, and sorghum is nothing close to that in the flavor range either. It smells kind of kind of bready, almost. It smells almost like I even pick up like banana notes. Is what I'm getting. Yeah, there's something like almost an elderflower or something floral. Yeah, it's it. it's almost soapy, but it's not soapy. But I'm getting kind of that mouthfeel like it could be soapy. The flavor is actually, there's not a whole lot going on. I do get a high level of carbonation, though. I Bubble feel it on squeak? the tongue. What? Bubble and squeak? Bubble and squeak? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Soap. Were you here at our last episode when we interviewed the Strange Union guys? Yeah. But I don't know what Bubble and Squeak is. It's the soapy. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> anyway. Do you have a faint sourness in the taste? Yeah, I can. I wouldn't argue with you. Catch that, yeah. <coughs> Just a little bit of like back of the tongue tart- tartness, I think. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, I would huh. say like a sour or almost like a salt, but like a sour salt, maybe? I would say it's kind of yeah. cidery. It's got the same mouthfeel kind of as a, as a like an extremely watered down cider. Hmm. Not the flavor, but like the, the mouthfeel of it. Yeah, really thin. Very thin. Yeah. Light bodied. It's another one of those where like you just don't get a lot of complexity at all. No. Well, that makes sense because on tap on untapped, it actually states that uh, the recommendations are light, sweet, smooth, sour, and fruity for the flavor profile. So, hmm, not something I would buy. No, I would. Yeah, I think I would too. Actually, I kind of like this. There's <clears throat> not a whole lot going on. I yeah, but I think that's why I like it. I don't want to drink something that complex all the time. You like time. it better than Coors Light? Yeah. Maybe a little. Huh. Like if I didn't want to drink Coors Light, yeah. Because honestly, because like the carbonation in Coors Light really fills me up. This one doesn't. Yeah, this one isn't as, uh, I wouldn't say it's as crisp as the last one we had. 
or as refreshing either. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, still pretty good. It's pretty good. I, like I rated this eight years ago oh, on no. Rate Beer. I gave it a 1.4. Bottle poured into a raw anniversary footed Pilsner glass. Clear copper orange appearance. Smells musty. Some grain is apparent, though I'm not entirely sure which, as it is gluten-free. Light adjuncts, but overall easy aroma. Taste is distressing. <laughs> distressing. Sharp bitter hits you up front with an ugly cough medicine aftertaste. It is difficult to swallow <laughs> this as it does not feel in the least bit pleasant. Also has a distasteful linger on the back of the throat like antiseptic. Oh, my raw glass, what have I done to you? <laughs> is it possible that maybe... When did Anheuser-Busch acquire... Uh, or is it always been an Anheuser-Busch product? I feel like they made that company to make this beer because they'll do that. They'll make separate companies just to release a certain beer to get a, a wider market share. And I don't think they wanted to have the gluten-free label on their Bud Budweiser name, so they did something totally different for marketing reasons. Because, uh, like I said, this has been around since we started drinking beer, so at least 10 years. Yeah, the reason why I asked was because I wonder if the profile has changed throughout the years um, based Could off be. of Anheuser, because that was kind of a rough assess- rough, rough uh, review of it. Yeah, and as it and warms up, I'm not falling in love with it. Yeah. Yeah, I had to kill it because I'm not, I, I don't like it. Hmm. Anyway, what's poundability? When is it? Um, <laughs> what temperature are you supposed to drink it at? Uh, at probably as cold as possible, like all the other Anheuser Bush beers. <laughs> well, yeah, because this one's, I'm assuming, a lager base, even though it didn't say what the style was. It's just a gluten free sorghum beer. Did you go to redbridge.com? That one probably didn't work either. Yeah, so I'm assuming it's just a. Light American lager. Well, no, it's not light American lager. This one would fit in the alternative grain because it's brewed with sorghum. Right. So this one would be in the 31A category. You'd have to uh, you'd have to claim sorghum if you entered it in a homebrew competition. That being said, I don't think this would do very well. I'm not uh I'm not feeling this one. My poundability would be probably about a four. No. I'm wrong because it's still light bodied. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a poundability of five, which is middle of the road, which is how I feel about this beer. I have no, I have no feelings drinking this. I just don't feel anything. So I'm just going to give it straight down the middle five. That's fair. (laughs) I'd go with like a, a six, six and a half. Maybe the reason why is because the carbonation does kind of get you a little bit. Um, it does have like a weird aftertaste. Uh, it kind of sticks with like, I don't know, my mouth feels weird now, like almost kind of sticky a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's also kind of like carbon. It, it feels like it's still carbonated as well. So I could definitely tell that my tongue has been affected by whatever I drink. Um, I think it would be weird. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say probably about a six, six and a half because okay. it is easier to throw back because it is more light bodied. Uh, the carbonation is going to get you before um, the flavor profile kind of hits you. Although it does tend to have a little bit more flavor to it as well. So yeah, 
Probably probably six, actually. I'm going to give it a three. Their website does say Redbridge is a rich, full-bodied logger. You know. I, <laughs> I don't get rich. Like, I don't get full-bodied. All of us just kind of... <laughs> What looked the hell? at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Say what? Um, yeah, that was. I, hmm. I would think light to medium, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's it's really watered down. I'd say light bodied, straight up. Maybe aiming for an amber lager base style, but swapping out the sorghum. And see, I don't know what sorghum tastes like. Right. So it in judging sure. it. I was about to say after MBJ after drinking this yeah. after drinking this, I just don't want to know what sorghum tastes like. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Because yeah, if this were entered as an alternative fermentable, which it could be, and they claim sorghum, then you'd have to, um, you'd have to weigh the sorghum flavor as it uh, compares to the base style, which I'm assuming is like an amber lager. Well, I don't know what sorghum tastes like, but just by judging what's put in front of me, it wasn't very pleasant. I wouldn't drink it again. I wouldn't buy it again. Um. And in all those, I'd put it like a 25. I'm kind of picking up that potpourri as well now. Okay. And that's all just like, because I killed this, what, about a minute and a half ago or so. And now I'm starting to pick up on the potpourri. I don't like the way my mouth feels. Yeah, I'm I not happy like, I don't like <laughs> our, my the, you know, the aftertaste of it for the most part. I am picking up on like still banana notes, I okay. think. Um, it's still more of like a... a toast almost like a toast or a bready flavor um almost like a banana bread actually is what i'm kind of picking up but then a little bit on like the potpourri side as well so i don't know there's a lot going on after you've actually drank the beer i think yeah um so according to google sorghum has a mild earthy flavor its texture and flavor is similar to wheat berries and the flour has been called out as being the most wheat-like gluten-free flour I'm not really picking... Whenever I think earth, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever I, whenever I think earth, I think <laughs> almost like a, a a more more of a dirty taste, but not necessarily actually being dirty. Because um, earth, earth flavors don't have to necessarily be dirty, but it has more of a dirty taste to it. Yeah. It's kind of like soil. <laughs> Natural. Um, eat dirt. Uh, lucky for us, we do have a different sorghum beer we can try later on in this episode, so that'll be neat to see. It's a totally different style. I'm hoping that that one has a little bit more complexity than these first two. Yeah. I think we'll save see, that to the end. I kind of, yeah, I, I feel like after, like with all the after flavors and stuff like that, this is actually a pretty complex beer. Because it's complex in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still, think it's, I still think it's just watered down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could... <clears throat> Yeah, that's fair. I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah, I mean, I've been sitting here like with that, like, just look on my face, just like, "Mm, don't like what this has done to my palate. Yeah, I like this beer. Well, then you can have your own opinion. That's fine. Thank you. (laughs) Do you feel like, hey, Sawyer, do you feel like this kind of destroys your palate? No. No. Uh, Maybe a little. So I feel like there's this film in my mouth now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get that, but I mean, it doesn't destroy my palate per se. Well, let's wash it down with something else. All right. Yep. So we're going to move to another 
largely distributed brewery that is not an AB and Bev. Um, well, I don't think are they? No, they're still. <laughs> Did they get bought out? Nope. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. So Changes this is week by week, huh? <laughs> I know. This is the New Belgium Gluteny Pale Ale. I'll says, say it's 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 at least a nice name. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has a skull on it and oh. and a couple of wrenches. Which is interesting. Oh, so I it's see what you did there. Crafted to remove gluten. It says it's a mutiny on gluten that's demanding we brew up something hop lovers can rally behind without flavor being held prisoner. Join the gluteny. Uh, I looked up on their website a little bit about the beer just because I was curious. It says, uh, when we decided to create a beer for beer lovers watching their gluten intake, we started experimenting with gluten-free grains like quinoa, millet, sorghum, and rice. While the resulting flavors were interesting, beers made with these grains tasted just like the grain from which they were produced. Not the same flavor we have come to expect from beer made using barley malt. Mm -hmm. Lucky for us, there's another way to produce gluten-reduced beer made with grains that contain gluten. This method involves the use of an enzyme, a protein with a specific function that breaks down gluten into smaller fragments. We add this enzyme in the brewing process and analyze the finished beer in the lab using the industry-supported R5 competitive ELISA method. This creates a beer with all the barley malt-derived flavor without all the gluten. The fine print. This product is fermented from grains containing gluten and crafted to remove gluten. The gluten contained in this product cannot be verified and thus... This product may contain gluten. <laughs> so there you go. All right. I like gluten, I like gluten so let's freaking drink it. Um, this is 6%. Okay. It's kind of hazy. A little hazy. More Almost of Almost the same color. More of a an orange-ish. Yeah, it's kind of orange. It's. I mean, it looks like a, a pale ale. Yes. Or an IPA. It does. Whitehead. Getting a floral hop for note yep. on the aroma. aroma. For sure. Mm. Yeah, it actually smells like a beer. Yeah. Smells like a pale ale or an IPA. Yeah, a little bit of that hop aroma. Like I said, floral, I think, is the most prominent. I do get a, a lingering aroma. sweetness in the aroma, too, though. Uh, it's not yeah. that present, though. With a light, scummy aroma. It's noticeable. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. I think this smells like a pale ale. Is it possible that the hops played some part in that? Because it's definitely hoppy, or not true hoppy, but you can definitely pick up on the hops and the smell. Mm -hmm. Um, So is it possible that maybe they used a sweeter hop? Or a hop that can Mm, Sweetness usually comes from grain. Yeah, there's no telling, because there's so many hop varieties. You can get anything from pine to melon to... I mean, there's a bunch of new age ones that are... Just weird new flavors that come out with all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I could definitely pick up on some maybe sweet or slightly fruity notes. Okay. But uh, with, but I really do kind of, just based off the of smell and solely smell alone, kind of feel like it may be more from the hops than the hops. Than Looking on their website, um, I can't find anything about what hops they used. I think that if I were to rate the beers we've had so far, like in order of like, yes, I would buy this again to, oh my God, no. Um, this one would come in second. I think it smells like lipstick. Yeah, there. I, I do, How do you know what that pick smells up like? 
Have you ever kissed a woman? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the yes, twirling lipstick. But she doesn't really wear <laughs> lipstick all that much. Oh, well. There, there is kind of a, a chemically. <laughs> this doesn't smell like lipstick to me. Or have you ever kissed a man that is wearing lipstick? I guess I should be. I should be gender neutral. Sorry. Right. You gotta be PC, bro. <laughs> well, there is some kind of chemically thing. Flavor is different. Yeah, yeah. It's really dry and bitter, but it's like a chemical bitterness, not like a hot bitterness. I mean, the hot flavors yeah. are there, but it's. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a fan of these gluten beers. I think I'd put the omission first as like my top drinker. It's my remix to omission, hot and fresh off the kitchen. I'm a roll. Their website says they do use the Brewers Clarex. Um, yeah, I feel like I can tell, but like, I, st- I still yeah. can't find anything about other ingredients. It tastes like sunflower seeds, like the 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 hull of the seed, not the good stuff inside. But when you've sucked off all the salt and you just got the astringent hole part. Mm. This is starting to sound a little strange. This is their only gluten-reduced beer that they make. I think it's pretty good. I mean, for what it is. I mean, it it is a substitute. Yeah. I guess if you're, if you are suffering from celiacs and you, you know, would like to, partake in something IPA. Yeah. this this would suffice does anyone else get a weird aftertaste yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's that chemically thing i was talking about like potpourri chemical like uh essential oils kind of yeah, uh, yeah. aroma something, something yeah i mean it's not like over the top bad but it's just no. weird no that i mean like i said before the hot flavor is there mm-hmm. it's definitely bitter it's definitely hoppy you get some of I mean, it could be a floral hop, and maybe that's why we're we're picking that up. Who knows what kind of uh, reaction that Clarex has with the hop oils? I mean, it's talking about attacking the the amino acids and the oils and everything that are in the gluten to break it down. I'm sure there's another chemical reaction that happens with the the lupulin or something in the in the hop that would change the flavor profile also, especially in something that has so much more hops in it than something like the lager would. So what is the Clorox you keep talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not Clorox. Clarex. That's that chemical. Is it like, is it like Claritin? Is that for beer? Well, it's it's a clearing <laughs> agent. <laughs> Claritin D. That clears the beer, which obviously didn't work in this example. Clear, um, whenever you say clears the beer, clear. what are, exactly are you referring to? The clarity the, the vision of it yeah like the clarity the, of the beer looks. can you look through it? i mean this is not clear this is murky <clears throat> hazy at best yeah um top pour is clearer than what you get okay yeah i just but either way you know yeah. they add the clerics in to clear it but the secondary effect of it is that it breaks down the gluten yeah I would pick this over Redbridge all day long, though. Yeah, right? yeah, I would too, but it's still off. It's it's got a little bit more of that complexity that I've been kind of looking for from these beers. Off. It is off. I don't necessarily like it, but it's better. I think I, I think this is my favorite of the day so far. Yeah, if you're comparing this to like the New Belgium Ranger IPA. 
something that would be similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, hands down, Ranger all day long. Then, then there's a noticeable difference. <laughs> and granted, this is a pale ale, so it's not nearly as hoppy. Yeah, but there is, there's just something fundamental missing about so, it. Yeah, you know. And it's strange because you don't think that oh, gluten is you know really important in a beer, but now that they've done all these things to omit the gluten, it's it's obvious. Which, I mean, you know, Redbridge made with sorghum. Yeah, we knew that one was going to taste different. Sure. Hands down, we knew that going into this. But these beers that just have the chemical process done to them to break down the gluten, I wasn't expecting such a big difference as what we've been getting. Yes. Because even the lager, there was something off with it. Yeah, it's a little different. That one was better than I expected. Um... I knowing how how good beers uh, New Belgium makes, especially their hoppy hoppy ones. I'm a yeah. little disappointed in this. Which you know, like I said on their website, they're upfront with it. They experimented with those alternative beers and were like, "Yeah, it's just it wasn't good enough for us." Yeah, but they mm-hmm. obviously wanted to produce a gluten free, gluten reduced product, yeah. and. This was their, what seems like, reading their website, this was the best thing they could come up with. Yeah, this, ooh, yeah. Because, you know, like I said, they did try those other things, but it didn't come with the flavor profile that they've come to expect. Right. And yeah. that they're they're good at what they do. Obviously, uh-huh. you know, they, they make some really good beers. World and they're company. very well, you know, distributed and recognized as, as a, a high-quality product. So I, I would bet that, this is literally the best thing that they could come up with. So what's your poundability? <laughs> Six. Pound. Still higher than everything else, but not, you know. Yeah, I would say six as well. Please don't anyone else say six. <laughs> this is the devil's beer. What if I were to say 6.6? 6? That, <laughs> that would still work. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we all say six, then it's okay. Right. I'm, I'm going to go with the 5.5. I'm going to go like a 4.3. Oh. And the reason why is because uh, the carbonation does hit you if you're trying to chug it. Um, well, you're not like a hop fan either. So. I hate hops. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, so the But the flavor overall, I would say the flavor isn't bad at all. I mean, if you like IPAs... If you like IPAs, then I think if you look at it from an IPA standpoint, the flavor profile is is pretty much there, but it does feel like it's kind of missing something. Um, to me, the it is more of like a, a medium to full body feel to it. Um, I'm, for the aftertaste, I'm also picking up some weird sensations as well. Almost like that film that I was talking about with the last beer that we had as well. And maybe that's just because it's the hot profile, um, but it's just not vibing with me at that point. Uh, it, and I would struggle to chug it mainly because, one, I hate hops, and two, um, the the uh, the carbonation is, it feels like it's a little bit higher. I wonder if the carbonation was backed off a little bit, it would be a little more enjoyable for me. Definitely. Let me ask it. you guys a question. I would definitely Has anybody ever it. done a beer candle? 
I would definitely drink it more cold than warm as well. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Like the, uh, I think the more it warms up, the more the potpourri will pop out to you. I think if anyone were to do a beer candle, it needs to smell like mash. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Actually, yeah. that was from the Strange Union episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Red Bridge, I'm going to solidify as a, set, as a four because I was wavering on that one. This one, I'm going to do a six. I'll go with a six. Six, 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 six. All right. 4.3. We have one more. 5.54. Let's do it. All right. All right. So as we come to the end of our gluten-free journey, um, Thank God. we have one more beer to try, and hopefully this one doesn't disappoint. It is the Greens Endeavor Gluten-Free Double Ale. So uh, this one was craft-brewed and bottle-conditioned in Belgium. So this one's actually imported. Uh, it says dark malt and effervescent, effervescent body. <laughs> it sounded like you said pheasant. I know. Yeah, that's I what I too. think I said. <laughs> uh, let's see. So ingredients in here, they're, they've got a genuine medley. Because it's also yeah. imported and it's imported. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one has a genuine medley of gluten-free uh, fermentables. It has sorghum, millet, buckwheat brown and brown rice so this one's actually got a nice little mix of things so should be interesting uh, we've got 7.0 percent alcohol by volume and their website is actually www.glutenfreebeers.com so i don't know i guess they were the first to jump on that yeah their uh their indian pale ale is on the commercial example list for the uh, the category we're talking about today, thirty one A alternative fermentables. Hmm. Interesting. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at it. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Definitely it's darkest. Very. Example. It's it's like almost like ruby, but it's pretty clear as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's like a yeah ruby reddish. So I might. There's no place like home. Come close to mahogany on this. Come close to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, might as well. <laughs> this is mahogany. <laughs> Good head. Kind of smells like grapes. Yeah, definitely a fruity aroma. Mm-hmm. The which you'd expect that from a Belgian base style. Yes, mm-hmm. and it certainly comes through. Oh, it tastes like grape juice. Getting a little bit of tartness on that aroma too. Yeah, yeah. I think like black cherry Kool Aid. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh yeah. You mean the red black Kool Aid? The red black, I thought it was black cherry. Just gonna keep getting that you, you say Kool Aid's but color, not flavor. <laughs> Purple drink. <laughs> it's gonna rain. Word. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. I could totally agree with the black cherry there, though. Um, as I take my glasses off right now, get deeper in that. <laughs> yeah. Yet again, just it's just kind of there, and. Um, not anything to write home about. See, this is like drinking like this is like drinking diet coke. Like if you've been drinking regular coke for the longest time and you can switch over to diet coke, it, it's kind of like that that I could, sensation. I could like, see that of blandness. This is also meh. This is also, in my opinion, the least offensive example of beer that we've had today. Yeah, I, think, I mean, and I don't want to say offensive like I was offended by the other beers, but this one's also just. 
I closer think, to beer. Honestly, I, I think this would be my third favorite. Whoa! So I'm going Omission, the New Belgium, this one, and then uh, that other one. See, I just... That other one. I, what? I don't get the Belgian character as strongly as I would expect. No. This like, there's, there's that black cherry thing, but it's watered down, and that's about it. There's not really anything that says... Like, normally, if you have any Belgian beer, whether it's the Ankle, the Double, the Trapel, or the Dark Strong, you hand that to somebody, they'll drink it and say, that's a Belgian beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not that. This is like no. alcoholic Kool-Aid. Which is awesome. True. Which, I, I don't even taste alcohol. There's no heat or anything, and it's supposed to be, what, like 7-something? 7, 7%, yeah. Yeah. Well, then they hid that really well. I like it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel like... It's just not... It's just... Ugh. I like it because I feel like uh, the, the stone fruit comes out. It really does pop with the stone fruit, personally. Boom. I feel like it uh, has <laughs> the carbonation, a good amount of carbonation behind it, but not overbearing on that carbonation. It does feel a little more um, watery as it uh as you're drinking so the drinking um so drinking it is a little more pleasant i personally feel um and then you do pick up like the the heat is very subdued which kind of led me to believe that it mainly it could have been a um maybe you're just not able to pick up on the abus uh, essentially which i don't know i mean so just smelling it i got more of a quad uh tasting it i get kind of like the flavor flavor profile of a quad but uh i definitely wouldn't classify it as a quad no yeah because it's definitely lacking just the the presence of a quad see that you'd expect well i mean it's, I mean, it's, it's labeled as a double right yeah yes so, so i'm not super familiar with doubles but it's just supposed to be a a, a dark colored, mm-hmm. fruity. It's kind of medium. with with some Belgian yeast notes. I mean, that's it's doubles are are very. They're more of a medium body, aren't they? Well, I mean, they're they're lighter than a quad. That's why it's yeah. a double. But um, it's just, I think, as far as the the color, they hit the mark. The mouthfeel, I'd say, is correct for a double. That's just, eh. And the flavor. I think what we're seeing from this is that to brew a good gluten-free beer is an immense challenge because you're already you're lacking in what you can use. So it's almost like you know asking Picasso to paint a picture using only a single brush. So you can't change to different things. You can't use the full scope of what you'd normally do. Um, so you're limited in what you can use and how and how you can use those because out of all four beers. We've had plenty of examples. Hell, we've even homebrewed examples that are more tasty and pleasant than what we've had today. That being said, I think that shows how difficult it is to make a good gluten-free beer. Yeah. Even the gluten-reduced ones mm-hmm. were not that great. They the, were meh. What temperature would you ideally drink a Dubois at? Uh, it's usually around like cellar temperature, so you're talking maybe 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. So a bit on the warmer side. Yes. So 
and I could definitely see the the flavors being enhanced if this was a warmer beer than what it is right now. It's pretty cold as we're drinking it. So. I could see that. Um, and I think that only enhances the flavor as well. I think those stone notes would pop out a little bit more um, if you do drink it at a warmer temperature. Um, with the carbonation being where it is, I don't think you're going to be overwhelmed by it. Um, if you try to get into the pounding, if you're trying to pound it, um, from what I noticed, just trying to chug it really quick, uh, yeah, the, the heat, you will pick up on the heat, and I do pick up on the heat. Well... Just like with the Red Bridge, as it warmed up, you got more flavor. More flavor doesn't necessarily mean good flavor. Yeah. It's just more of it. I like it. So, because I, like I, I, I warmed mine up a little bit before I chugged it, and I got more of a chemical note than I did when it was colder. We're going to get cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to, it's starting to edge on the sour red. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say. Jacobins or anything, but it's it's starting to edge on the start of that. Yeah, as it warms up. Well, what's your poundability? So, what's your poundability <laughs> rating on this one, huh? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it sounds like chlamydia. Oh, <laughs> whoa! So it's not cancer; it's chlamydia. Yeah. Say like a three five because uh, if you're doing trying if you're trying to do like a full bottle or something like that, a full pour. Um, the heat does pop; it sneaks up on you. That's mm-hmm. what it is. I agree. You only pick up the heat on the back end, um, mm-hmm. and so that's definitely going to play a part. But uh, so, and it, it's 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 kind of hot. I think I get more of the chloroseptic thing on this one. I'm going to say two. It's not good. So, are, are you picking up the chloroseptic as you're drinking it, or all on the back? No, end? after. Yeah, oh, I definitely see yeah, that as well. Chloroseptic. Yeah, I was expecting like to be like. like <coughs> it's almost like a cough syrup. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Honestly, to me, this one tastes like grape juice. I'm gonna say four. I'm gonna I'm gonna land at three here. This is a three for me. Yeah. Well, we've got one. Our power's got Ooh. one. Uh, oh my goodness i want to rinse first might be the best of the night yeah it might just be (laughs) we we need to rinse so let's take a break all right all right so up next we have my oh oh we have my home brewing debut oh yes (laughs) yes indeed Which has been well documented on this podcast. Uh, yeah, you know we've we this was the Brooklyn Brew Shop uh, beer making kit IPA, and so uh, this is the final result of that. I brought a bottle of it just to give you guys a chance to try it. Uh, it's also my debut as a home brewer, so uh, Brew Styles exclusive. Uh, for the people who just tuned in, uh, is this supposed to be a gluten-free beer? As well? No, it's not a gluten-free yeah. beer. Far not from it. <laughs> just wanted to make sure that everybody was on the same page. Yes. This is an imperial gluten beer. Yeah. <laughs> now there's an idea. And so... Gluten as, it up! Gluten-free as, imperial blonde? As the debut oh, of... No. <laughs> Stop as my, it. As my debut as a home brewer, uh, I'd like to announce that my... Home brewery's name will be Red Polo Brewing. Uh, sort of a th- uh, call out to. Was that a quick trip joke? With, uh, <laughs> with cheers. Cheers. Quick cheers. Trip. Yes. Prost. Red Polo Brewing, and this one is called Panhandler IPA. All right. Mm-hmm. Because uh, sometimes you need a little bit of help from the people around you, and all of you guys helped me pretty tremendously with this. 
and get me into this. So, have you created this in Untapped yet? Yes, I have. Just oh, did. time to check in. That and there's usually a dude on the corner outside QT that's asking for money. So, yeah, that's exactly. That's, <laughs> oh, I found it. That every day in Deep Ellum. Ooh, zero check-ins. <laughs> I'm gonna be the first one. <laughs> oh, I just created it. So, cool. So this is an IPA. Uh, well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, hope, hopefully you guys at least find it drinkable. <laughs> yeah, I might take my congratulations back after I taste it because I, <laughs> I said it before I even tried it. It is murky. Yeah, which is to be expected. It's, it was not clarified at all. Bottle conditioned. Yeah. So it's murky. It's like a, a orange, yellow, fairly light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be a half a wizen kind of color. Yeah. Foamy head, so good carbonation. Good job there. Yep, the honey mixture did well, I guess. Land of the free, level one hundred. <laughs> I'm so gl- I'm so proud of the fact that I got you that. Thank you, Powers. <laughs> Hops are kind of faint on the aroma. The aroma itself is kind of faint. Yeah, yeah. Looks pretty carbonated. I, I'm picking up the honey a little bit more than I thought I would. Right. It's hop edition time. <laughs> And the aroma and the flavor. When yeah, this honey was, comes in the, in the nose. When this was fresher, I was getting a lot more citrus than I am right now. So, See, that's something that you'll find is that the hop character is one of the first things to fall off. Yeah. And oh, sometimes it's distressingly fast, like two weeks into the beer. You're like, what the hell? This is not even what it was yeah. when I made it. This right. was a good beer a week ago. Last weekend when I was drinking, it was fantastic. Now yeah. it tastes like, you know... Plant mush. <laughs> Bitter plant mush. Right. <coughs> yeah, because you do get you do get some hop character in the flavor, but it's not, you know, like bright, spicy, punchy notes. It's more just kind of a, a background floral earthy, you know, it, it the the character is there, but it's not in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, it it balances well with the with the malt character. Mm-hmm. Because you've, you've got the, the bready maltiness. It's a harmonious marriage. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a IPA? Yes. Inspired? Mm-hmm. IPA inspired? It is IPA. Well, it, was, it was an IPA kit. Yeah, that it was just brewed. a kit. Yeah. Now, I, it is bitter-ish. It's not over the top. Mm-hmm. I'd probably call this more of a pale ale. Right. Um, the malt backbone is good. Like I said before, the honey comes through a lot more than I was expecting. Usually, honey is something that, that ferments out, especially if you're using it as... Yeah. Well, I guess agent. I guess as a carbonate, yeah. If, if it's just carbonating agent, then it's the yeast particles are just like what's left in suspension. Yeah. It's not as vigorous of a fermentation. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would make sense that the honey would come through if you're just bottling with it, yeah. which is why most people bottle or keg the honey rather than put it into a primary or secondary. Right. Because if you do that, then it's just going to ferment out. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I, I wouldn't... Honey is not something that I would put into an IPA normally. Yeah. Because you would think that the flavor profiles would clash a little bit. It's one of their favorite fermenting agents, the Brooklyn people. Uh, they also... I think I saw a stout... Because I was reading through some of their instructions to see like what else they use as carbonating agents. Uh, I think one of their stouts they like to use. They, they say to use maple syrup, which is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, 
but that is interesting. Yeah, I mean they they're they're doing anything just not to give you any priming sugar yeah. in the kit. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. If you handed this to me and told me it was an IPA, I would fall in love with all IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not nearly as bitter as you would expect. Not at all. It, and it's, you know, like, like like I was just talking about earlier, the hop character has fallen off quite a bit in the past yeah. couple of weeks. Since I, I'd be interested to try it two weeks ago when yeah. it was fresh. Yeah. IPAs are best drank fresh, like Travis mentioned before. Yeah. Right? Hops uh, can fall off. Yeah. I really like it. You're one-tenth of hop I appreciate that. I really like it a lot. Um, Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God, no. Travis put a picture on his check-in from the bachelor party. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I mean, I do think the honey actually uh, takes over the, the hop profile. So maybe, maybe like you were saying, like two weeks ago, maybe the hop came in. Um, Yeah. You know, but... um, I do get more sweetness than the actual bitterness, like Chris was saying. I also get, um, I don't really pick up more of the hop flavor. Right. Um, and with me being more hypersensitive to hops, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Typically. Um, so I would classify this more as a, a, a just a regular pillow versus a IPA yeah. itself. I agree with um, that. And, uh, but I mean, for the most part, like I thought that the carbonation was going to be slightly overbearing or a little more present than what it actually is. It looks more carbonated than what you actually taste, Mm -hmm. um, which I do like. It does have more of the medium to full body taste, um, and feel to it. Sorry, medium to full body feel to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, you could have a few of these and you'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that is kind of popping out to me though, is the heat. So what, what did you actually get um, the, uh, alcohol the, content at? The, I, I didn't have any, uh, methods of measuring. I don't have a hydrometer or anything like that. The kit, uh, states that it should come out at about 6.4%. Uh, but I have no way of verifying whether that's what it came out at. I'm not picking up any heat. Yeah, that's not something I've noticed with this one. I don't pick it up on uh, the initial taste of it. It's mm. whenever, like, it's the aftertaste. Okay. Which made me, kind of, kind of led me to maybe it was uh, a little more hidden or on right. the back end side. Yeah. Which, maybe it's just the other things that we had today as well. Yeah. Um, Did you remember to add the alcohol in while we were brewing this? Add the alcohol. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ah, crap. All right. Well, sorry. Beer making alcohol. <laughs> the beer making now, alcohol. Yeah. Yes. I just, yeah. It is extremely drying. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm not picking up any heat. It's mm-hmm. really dry, though, which yeah. is fine. I mean, IPA should be dry. That's... I mean, I am black and I love gin, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, the scale that we measure our first homebrew is a yes or no question. Is this drinkable? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 So, congratulations. Yes. How many? I, can, I feel honored. <laughs> I could you. drink five gallons of this. There you go. Yeah. Right. How many bottles do you have left? I have two left at home. All right. Time I, to brew again. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. I might have to drink those pretty quick too, because you know the flavor's kind of coming off of it. You so. should brew the next two batches soon. Yeah. Just get on the schedule. Spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. 
I'll um I'll have to show you our spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh do a stubby's kit. Yeah. They're, they're much better. Yeah, it's a lot better yeah, than the extract kit. You may have to yeah. add six pounds of sugar to something. Nah. Uh, yeah. nah. I'll have to yeah. also get a whole bunch of more bottles if I'm gonna do because I'd I'd rather do like a three gallon brew next and have a little bit more beer. I think for like, sure because you're putting all this time and effort into it, and then you just come out with just six bottles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some more. Yeah. So what would y'all say you'll pound it at? Pound a bill in this one, I go with seven. I was gonna say six. Yeah, yeah six, I was gonna say the hops six. Dropped off. Yeah, yeah. I'd say six as well because I do believe that the the heat actually starts to come through. I would like to it. admit mine to six and a half. No, I said <laughs> seven first, so seven six six six. Yeah. I'll say right at six because I, I do think the heat does pop up. Okay. Um, as I just pounded the rest of what I had, the the heat definitely popped up on mm. me. So. Okay. Thanks for sharing, man. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is thank a good y'all. Beer. Thank y'all for helping me with that. And after all of the kind of you know, not stress, but worry that I was putting into oh, it. Oh, stress. Just yeah. to <laughs> just to well. Have something drinkable at the end was definitely rewarding. So well, now you have a new addiction to look forward to because you're going to mm-hmm. be wanting to brew all the time. Now. Oh no, I know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So I'll have to get some equipment together. I've got my tax refund check coming in, so yeah. a little bit of equipment, maybe. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So what's next week? <laughs> what's next week? Well, thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Brew Styles, where our topic of discussion was alternative. Fermentables eh. ish. <laughs> Join us next week when we call each other honey and we get to try alternative sugar. We're doing alternatives again. Yes. Uh, sugar. But it's right. It's the alt right. Right. No. Okay. Cheers. Well, cheers, cheers to all the- the- Bye. <laughs>